Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. It's going to be a little bit of a UAlbany theme to it. A couple of former uh, UAlbany employees I talked to uh, over the last few days. And beginning with uh, Will Brown, the former men's uh, basketball coach for the Great Danes. Also the former head coach and general manager of the Albany Patroons. He's the new head coach of the College of St. Rose women's basketball team. I'll talk to him about uh, that new job and the, the transition he's going to have to make from coaching men to coaching women. And then his former boss at UAlbany, uh, Lee McElroy, who's retiring as the athletic director at RPI. He'll join me. We'll talk about his career in, uh, uh, at RPI and also at UAlbany and some of the things that have changed in the athletic job, uh, athletic director's job over the years. So uh, coming up, Will Brown will join me. We'll talk uh, college basketball, women's style, uh, with the College of St. Rose and his new role there. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Head Coach Dave Smith. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast, and there is a new uh, women's head basketball coach at St. Rose, and that's a familiar name to uh, Capital Region uh, basketball fans. He was a coach at UAlbany for over 20 years, and he was a head coach and general manager of the Albany Tr- Patroons. Uh, please welcome back to the podcast, uh, Will Brown. Will, welcome back, and I think I've interviewed you at all levels of, uh, on this podcast, uh, first of all, congratulations on getting the job, and I mean, how excited are you? I appreciate it. Thank you. Really looking forward to it. Uh, for me, it's something new, something different, uh, something that I think will be exciting. And I've, I always say that uh, it's all about growth and development. And uh, you know, for me, this is an opportunity to do something new and to adapt and adjust like you have to do with every coaching role and I'm really looking forward to it. It's where I got my start at the College of St. Rose many years ago working for Brian Beery right out of college and we enjoyed an awful lot of success on the men's side and while I was there I got to see some really good women's basketball because the women's program uh, was tremendous at that point in time so what we're trying to do is elevate the level of the program and uh, you know have some fun while we do it it's almost like a reunion there now with you coming back to St. Rose and Brian Bury coming back to St. Rose I mean it feels like uh, old times back you're back in the 1990s 
You know, Brian and I have a really good relationship. Uh, you know, again, he gave me my first start. Uh, you know, when we coached with the Albany Patroons, it was a lot of fun because I had Brian working with me. I had Don Bassett working with me. And now I'm just uh, waiting for Coach Bassett to uh, claim his seat on our bench. Uh, you know, he hasn't brought it up to me yet, uh, but I'm going to have to uh, cross that bridge when we get to it. And, you know, I know he's really excited. So, uh, you know, again, it's... Um, you know, it's a great place, and I think it's a situation where Coach Fury was needed, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they feel the same way about me, and uh, we can do special things in the upcoming years. Talk about how this all came about, because I was reading Adam Schinder's story from the press conference and uh, uh, when he filed it on Friday, and uh, it was basically a, a chance meeting. Is that how it went? Yeah, it was... It's crazy. I mean, there was no exaggeration uh, to that story. I was literally watching my older son coach my younger son in an AAU tournament, Gavin Park in Saratoga Springs. And when I'm at those games, I'm kind of really, I'm in the zone because we have an eight-year gap with our boys. And, uh, you know, I'm really worried though with my older guy, making sure he's, doing right by my younger guy as far as not right riding him too hard and uh you know so uh, i'm always in tune to that dynamic and i got a tap on the shoulder and you know it was Lori ankiel the athletic director at st rose and you know she said hello and you know we had some small talk and i said hey you have some time to you know rest and relax now that commencement's done with and she said i wish you know i'm looking for a women's coach our women's coach resigned uh, a few days ago and she looked right at me and said any interest in coaching women and uh i started laughing because i, I thought she was joking around to be honest with you nobody has ever asked me that question before um so i wasn't expecting it from Lori and uh, you know she's like I wasn't expecting that response and I'm like Lori I apologize I wasn't expecting that question and you know we talked a little bit and uh, we agreed that we would give it a few days and, and reconnect and uh, we did we discussed it some more and the one thing that uh, you know that I asked was that we keep it really quiet uh, just me Lori, President Marshall White, and then eventually Lee McElroy got involved. He's on the board at St. Rose. He hired me at Albany. Lee and I are good friends. Um, and we just, uh, you know, kept talking. And I didn't want anyone to sway me one way or the other. I wanted to do some research. Uh, and as much, as long as I've been doing this and all the experience I have, this is a little bit different. So, you know, I wanted to be able to look in the mirror and say, A, I'm comfortable doing this. B, I can be good at doing this. C, you know, I can elevate this program uh, and get it heading in the right direction. So, you know, uh, just uh, some self-reflection, talk to my wife quite a bit about it. And, uh, you know, we finally got to uh, the point uh, a few days ago where it was okay. It was decision time. And Lee McElroy basically said to me, you know, just do it. Worry about all the rest later. And my wife said, "You know, why don't you uh, why don't you give this a shot? 
you know, you, you always talk about adapting and adjusting and, you know, so that's something that you're prepared to do. I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, it keeps our family in this area where we've established roots. I actually met my wife at the College of St. Rose. She has a degree from St. Rose and that's where I got my start. So the place is special in my mind. Uh, it's near and dear to my heart. The fact that Brian is back there, uh, you know, was important uh, as well because I think we can lean on each other. Uh, as, re as recent as this morning, Brian and I were talking about, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to need you. No, I'm going to need you more. So uh, I think it's going to be uh, an awful lot of fun. And I'd like to think I'm smart enough to use the resources around me if I have questions. Two really strong and successful w women slash female leaders on campus in Lori Enkiel, the vice president and director of athletics and president Marshall White. You know, uh, if I have questions, all I have to do is pick up the phone or head over to their office. So, you know, I think uh, I'm going to be set up for success. Some really good people in my corner and uh, I am looking, I am looking forward to it. It's been a whirlwind because you know, I'm looking at our schedule, uh, looking at our roster, jumping into the transfer portal, calling people, responding to people that have reached out to me. That's one thing that I always do. If somebody texts me, emails me, reaches out on social media, I make it a priority to get back to them ASAP. So it's been uh, a busy couple of days, but uh, a good busy. Did you talk to other coaches uh, about this? Because obviously, you know, going from being a men's coach to women's coaches, it's, it's, it's as you mentioned, it's, it's a different, uh, different mindset and you know, different philosophies. I kept it quiet for as long as I could, um, and then right near the end, there, you know, I reached out to uh, Sean Organ, who's arguably uh, as. Good. Well, he's probably the best woman's coach or one of the best in all of New York State. He coaches my, he's been coaching my younger son for the last few years in CDYBL. And, um, you know, I talked to Sean. I coached Sean when he was at St. Rose. He played for Brian Beery. Uh, he had some real positive words for me. I reached out to Richard Barron, the former uh, men's coach and women's coach at the University of, of Maine. He actually was an assistant on the women's side at Baylor and NC State as well and coached men's and women's at the Division three level. So it was really good to listen uh, to his perspective. I reached out to my good friend, Colleen Mullen, the head women's coach at the University of Albany. She was hilarious. She was just like, you know, stop overthinking this. You're going to crush it. And, uh, and then Julie McBride, who worked with me with the Albany, Patrons, she obviously has coached women, and now with the Patroon, you know, when she was with us with the Patroons, she coached men. So I wanted to get her thoughts on coaching men, even though it was at the pro level, and then coaching women. You know, she coaches, she has her own AAU program, she's a prep school coach now. Uh, so I, I tried to reach out, you know, Phil Sykes, the field hockey coach at the University at Albany. Uh, he and I play pickleball together a couple of mornings uh, a week, and Phil has been coaching coaching women for a long time now. So, yeah, I made sure I did my homework. Uh, you know, I really want 
to make sure that I'm prepared. And I just, I don't know if it was, I, I was waiting for somebody to say, no, don't do this. Uh, the feedback that I got was tremendous. And, uh, you know, I was really optimistic and, you know, I've got my, my wife is the best and, uh, she's probably going to be my, you know, my best resource, um, because she knows me better, you know, than anyone. Uh, she's smart enough all these years not to sit behind my bench. I think she did that for one game in my coaching career when I was a junior college coach. And then she decided, yeah, I'm going to go sit across the court on the other side. Uh, you know, all kidding aside, um, you know, she's going to be someone that I can really bounce questions off and, you know, get her perspective, uh, you know, on dealing uh, with the student athletes that I'm going to be dealing with. And who, by the way, the returning players just, uh, you know, with the minimal communication that I've had with them uh, up to this point, we have a 6 p.m. Zoom uh, tonight. You know, they've been awesome. Uh, seven returning players, five new incoming players. It's been nice to exchange emails and text messages with them. We finally were able to set a day and time where we can get on a zoom and once that's complete tonight i'll start the individual you know one-on-one calls so uh a lot in a short period of time will brown the new head coach at the u uh, the college of st rose women's basketball team joining us here on the parting shots podcast what adjustments to your to your coaching style do you have to make you know i, I want to be careful um that uh you know i don't consume myself with that you know there are people out there that say basketball is basketball uh i don't believe that there is uh some differences uh between the men's game and the women's game you know as far as schematics are concerned you know i think the men's game is a game that's played above the rim it's more isolation one-on-one i think the women's game is played below the rim you know for offensively for instance more player movement ball movement team mentality uh but i think as far as handling men and handling women you know that's where uh you know i'll be dealing with the biggest adjustment but uh i'm prepared for that it's all about developing relationships and and communication and just developing that trust um you know uh, i i think it's i think it's going to be great uh, i think we're, we're going to build special relationships and uh, it's going to be built on uh the communication and developing that trust uh and i'm going to learn as i go and if i get myself in a situation where i'm not sure how i'm going to handle that you know that's where i use you know my support system uh, again uh, i'm not uh, one of those individuals that uh, thinks he's too smart or has it all figured out uh, you know i'm going to use the people that i just mentioned uh, you know to you and you know we're gonna we're gonna make this work and uh, you know i'm really focused on you know making sure that the student athletes in the program have a positive experience uh, help them grow and develop you know as people as students as players uh Section two is going to be a priority for us uh, when we go out and recruit. Uh, there's some really talented female student athletes uh, slash basketball players uh, in section two. And of course, uh, you know, we'll take advantage of the transfer portal as well. So, uh, you know, again, it's uh, going to lean on the relationships that have been developed over, you know, the last 25 years and, uh, you know, just charge forward. 
Had you not gotten this job, because you resigned uh, as the uh, Patroons coach and general manager, uh, I think it was like in late uh, late last year. Uh, if you had not gotten this job, what would you have been doing? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I knew uh, after the Patroons season um, that, you know, I was thinking about getting back, making a transition back into the college game. Uh, the new ownership of the Patroons had asked me uh, to stay on. They wanted me to stay on as a general manager and a head coach. I said I would. But, you know, once we got into December and got close to the holidays, I knew for sure that I wanted to jump back into the college game. And so uh, that's when I made the decision to uh, resign from the Patroons. And the that gave them time to find uh, a new coach and, you know, really to put a team together before training camp in February. And for me, it allowed me to channel all my energies uh, towards getting back into the college game. You know, I, I've had opportunities to jump back into the college game, uh, you know, at, at pretty good levels as an assistant, just not something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I interviewed for two or three Division One men's head jobs uh you know this spring uh just did not work out and you know we had uh, a couple of opportunities at the non-division one level uh but distance was a factor for me i had a situation where uh a job that i thought uh, i was going to get and i decided at the last second to withdraw my name uh because you know, my son has one more year before he graduates, um, but he also has a COVID year. So he, he, he technically could play two more years, and we have no idea how that's going to play out. Uh, you know, he, he, play, he, he starts, he's the leading scorer, he's, you know, all that stuff. But you just don't know. Is next year going to be his last year, or will he play his COVID year? So uh, for it, it would have been very difficult for us to leave him behind. Uh, you know, he went out to SUNY Fredonia and was starting as a true freshman there and averaging double figures, and after a semester he realized this is too far from home. He decided to come back home. So for us to pack up and leave him, just didn't think it was fair to him. Plus, I have not missed one of his college games. And that's something that I'm actually proud of because I missed too many of his games, you know, when he was in high school because of my schedule. You know, so uh, even though I'm going to miss some of his games next year for the first time because we'll have conflicting schedules, I'm still going to have an opportunity to see him play. If I'm six or seven hours away, I'm basically telling him, hey, enjoy the last year or two of your career, uh, but I'm not going to see you play. And my wife was torn. She had no idea. Uh, what to do. Part of her was like, let's move the family. But then she's like, I might not be able to see him play. And, you know, that probably won out more than more than anything. Uh, we've established roots here. And, uh, you know, we thought it was important uh, 
to see this through with him. But uh, to me, I'm not looking at this as a short-term opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm all in. I'm looking at this as an opportunity to try to elevate a program that's rich in history and tradition. And uh, I firmly believe in this business, you have to live for today. It's a crazy business. And, uh, you know, so uh, excited about this next opportunity next opportunity and next chapter and yourself plays at russell sage correct yeah he plays he plays at russell sage and uh you know he's done unbelievably well academically and he's done well on the court and you know knowing him like i know him uh you know he'll end up playing two years i think my wife would love for him to graduate next year and then enter the real world uh, i'm trying to stay out of that discussion right now and uh as i told my son you don't have to make that decision right now so stop bringing it up with mom and uh because he puts me in a tough spot uh but all kidding aside i'm sure he's gonna play two years and uh i i would too if i was him you mentioned about staying here in the capital region you've been here a long time how important is it to keep your roots here you know, uh, when I was 28, 29 years old and Lee McElroy was crazy enough to uh, name me the head coach, and at the time I was the youngest Division One head coach in the country, you know, my goal was to win quickly and then, you know, be the next head coach to the Boston Celtics or, you know, Kentucky. And, you know, once you have a family, you know, things change. And this is a tough business for a family. Uh, we, we were spoiled. Uh, we were at one place at the Division One level for 20 years. Very rarely does that happen. You know, maybe uh, in Jim Beheim's uh, you know, uh, instance or situation, uh, but there's not a lot of Jim Beheims out there. And so I was very appreciative to have the opportunity uh, to coach at one place for 20 years. And that's all my two boys know. And that's really all my wife knows. So uh, at some point, you have to understand uh, and realize that, you know, family is the number one priority. And, you know, that's why we're still here. And my expect expectation is that we'll be here for a while. It's not about the men's game or the women's game. It's not about Division One, Division Two or Division Three, there's tremendous student-athletes at all levels, really talented student-athletes at all levels, and there's unbelievable coaches at all levels. And so uh, for me, it's more about family and the game of basketball and the opportunity to really um, help a program that needs help at an institution that was really good to me a long time ago where I really developed some uh, strong relationships and, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You mentioned Lee McElroy. He's going to be up next year on the on the podcast, and I did a question and answer session with him. He's retiring as RPI's athletic director. He's had a nearly 40-year career, and as you mentioned, uh, he was your boss at uh, UAlbany. What what makes Lee special to you? So, beef. so Lee and I are on on the same pod, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So Lee's the varsity, and I'm the JV, and I'm good with that. That's awesome. You know, you, you know, you know what? Um, it is so important uh, at the college level to be around a strong athletic administration, especially a strong AD, and Lee really 
he, he was just, he was wonderful to work for. He was a coach's AD. In Lee's mind, you know, his job was to make sure he supported the coaches and the student athletes and within reason to make sure that the coaches and the student athletes had what they needed. He was genuine. He really cared. Uh, the 15 years he was at Albany, the coaches absolutely loved him and you know what was amazing about him is he knew the names of just every student athlete that was you know representing the institution and it was amazing i'd be walking down the hall with him and a student athlete would walk by and he'd be like hey sarah how are you doing And, and and I looked at I'd look at him and I'm like, how the heck does he know that that's Sarah on the field hockey team? And you know, it's funny. We had dinner about a year ago, me, my wife, and uh, Lee and his wife Karen. And I brought it up during dinner, and Karen started laughing. And uh, Lee gave me the secret. You know, in the, during the summer, he would take all of the media guides and bring them home and study them. <laughs> he would look at the pictures. He would look at the names, and it just registered. And to me, when when he would say hello to Sarah on the field hockey team her eyes would light up. She would smile. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, you know, that, that that's impressive. He cared. And that's one thing that I learned. You know, you want to make sure you surround yourself. When you're a coach, you want to be working for a leader that cares. And he really cares. And that's really uh, what helped me make, make this decision with St. Rose is – you know, I did my homework. Uh, I spoke to people about Marie and Keel. She got rave reviews, and, you know, she gets it. You know, she was a director of basketball operations at, at, at Seton Hall. You know, she, she was an administrator at Siena. She's an experienced athletic director, and that is important. It's comforting for a coach to know that you're going to be working with an athletic director that's going to support you, is going to support the student-athletes, and within reason is going to help provide you with the resources you need uh, to be successful. There's no better feeling as a coach, but, you know, Lee is somebody that uh, always has time for you, uh, whether it's a text message or phone call, walking into his office. You know, he would always, I'd always get a, I hear a knock on uh, the suite of my office door and he would walk in and he would say to my director of basketball operations, whoever it was, whoever it was at the time, you know, he'd be like, is the big man here? You know, and, uh, you know, I'd be like, come on in Lee. And uh, he would just sit down and he did that. He would try to do it once a week, but it was uh, no less than, you know, every other week and he would just come down and he spent some time with you for 10 or 15 minutes. He talked to you about your family, you know, and uh, he would, he would talk about the NBA college basketball. He always had some good stories about the university in Houston when he was there, when Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler were there, mm-hmm. great stories about UCLA and John Wooden and all the, you know, big time athletes that were there. And we talk about uh, the inner workings of the NCAA and, you know, uh, so when he left uh, Albany, uh, you know, that's something that we all miss, you know, as coaches. And uh, so it's going to be exciting to, you know, to have a relationship.
with Lori. And uh, as we like to say, he's just retiring from RPI. Yeah. You know, I, think he, I think he sits on like 97 boards, <laughs> and uh, he's probably going to be even busier now. Uh, and, and now that I know he's going to be listening to this podcast, hopefully he has some more time to work on that golf game now. <laughs> I enjoyed talking to Lee uh, when I did the interviews. He's a great person, and uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be missed over there. But uh, uh, he'll, he'll be busy, as you say. He'll be busy with other things. And uh, so, hey, as well, it was a lot of fun catching up and uh, Again, congratulations, and we'll you know catch up. Uh, we'll do a preview uh, before the start of the season. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I appreciate you having me on on the podcast, and you know anything I can do to help moving forward, you know how to get a hold of me, and you know keep up the great work. And I'm not going to listen to this podcast to hear me. I can't wait. <laughs> well, we can, we'll get it. We'll, we'll enjoy the interview. Trust me. So I appreciate it again, Will. Thank you. All right, that's Will Brown. Uh, we'll be back with Lee McElroy, the uh, retiring athletic director at RPI. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, auto racing fans. The Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play... Go to DailyGazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department. Hi, this is Tri-City Valley Cap President Rick Murphy. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. After a nearly 40-year career in college athletics, Lee McElroy is retiring as the RPI Athletic Director. Of course, he was there eight years and before that, 14 years as the AD at UAlbany. I had a chance to talk with Lee uh, last week uh, for a question and answer session that appeared in Sunday's Daily Gazette. And they have the full interview for you with Lee McElroy. A lot of the, some of the questions that I asked uh, did not appear in the paper, but I have, like I said, I have the full interview here with uh, Lee McElroy, the retiring RPI Athletic Director. Well, Lee, I appreciate you coming on here. I know you're a few days away from uh, retirement here, and I uh, hope all is well. Yeah, uh, things are, are terrific. Um, you know, I feel really good about uh, my time here at RPI. I can't believe eight years have passed uh, so fast, and the program is in great shape. People ask me, well, why are you retiring now? It's nothing like leaving an organization when everything uh, is moving in the right direction and, and very positive and very strong. So we just finished the spring with uh, five championships um, and um, the number of our teams, actually six, went to the postseason. So the program is in great shape and whoever takes the AD's chair will be working with great people. Well, let's start uh, with the questions here. I mean, how would you assess your time at RPI? Well, you know, again, uh, just as I said to uh, a lot of people in the media and other people, um, a wonderful, um, a wonderful, really experience. Um, I got to hire a bunch of people. Um, we had to navigate the pandemic, uh, which is, uh, you know, obviously uh, very, very interesting from a number of perspectives. Um, and we got to navigate it and come out of it stronger than we were before we went into it. So uh, it's, it's been a terrific tenure, great people, 
uh, student athletes, coaches, staff, and alumni, um, and my colleagues that I work with in the cabinet. Hey, look, I was the first AD uh, at RPI to sit in the president's cabinet. So, um, you know, I brought a different perspective uh, than uh, my predecessors, and I doubt if, if that will continue now that I'm, that I'm retired. I mean, we'll talk about the COVID stuff in a bit here, but what, what are you most proud of at your time at RPI? Well, I think, again, we, uh, we you know, get as you know, we endowed uh, – the uh, head coach for men's ice hockey. So that was a, a big one. We just got a, a major gift uh, in dialing operations in our football program. Um, in eight years, um, you know, we won over 30 conference titles. Now, my disappointment is we didn't win a conference title um, in men and women's ice hockey. But I think, again, uh, the two people that are running those programs are what I call um, really uh, deep core hockey um, people. And by that, I mean they live, breathe, and eat hockey. So I think both of those programs are in the right direction, headed in the right direction. And uh, they've got a bright future. Both of those people uh, have been extended. Their contracts have been extended. So they've got time to continue the upward uh, trajectory. So hiring people, winning championships. Um, again, academically, these kids are off the charts in, in, in terms of how they do in the classroom. And then the other thing that we don't get uh, can much credit for just because it's people aren't, aren't all that interested in it. But I'm interested in it, and, and our teams were interested in it. We made a significant contribution uh, in community service and volunteerism. Yeah, every year I was here, um, we donated uh, over 5,000 hours of service to make our community stronger. So a lot of things that, that I can hang my hat on and feel good about. Well, you were a few months into retirement after serving as UAlbany's athletic director uh, for 14 years when uh, then RPI President uh, Shirley Jackson asked you to serve as the uh, interim athletic director in March 2015 following the uh, departure of Jim Knowlton's Air Force. Four months later, the interim tag was removed. Did you expect to be back working as an athletic director again, I mean, coming out of retirement at UAlbany? No, I didn't. Uh, to be very honest about it, uh, and that's a great point, uh, Ken. Um, I was, um, you know, and I will resume, and I had a consulting company, uh, Murray McElroy Collegiate Consulting, um, and I was had, you know, several clients and was really enjoying myself, and the original intent, as you indicated, was to serve for three or four months until the university could get uh, a permanent uh, replacement for Jim Knowlton. But uh, I got in and really enjoyed it. Uh, and, and, and one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is I got to learn hockey. Um, in my previous uh, 30 years in, in college athletics, I'd never uh, worked with ice hockey. So, uh, you know, between Seth and, and, and uh, Brian and uh, James Smith, I learned a lot about the sport, a lot about the culture, a lot about how to do things and how to do things the right way. And, of course, uh, being in the ACAC was terrific. So it was an interesting journey, and you make a good point. My plan was not to be here uh, beyond three months, but, th but that all changed. Was there any difference being an athletic director at a Division three school, which has a, a Division one hockey, uh, versus working at a, a fully Division one institution? Yeah, the biggest difference, uh, another great question, the biggest difference are expectations. Uh, 
Um, you know, the 14 years that I spent at U Albany, uh, our expectation uh, was that every team would win a conference championship. And if they didn't, uh, we wanted to evaluate and assess why and then determine what we needed to invest in order to, to make it a reality. So that is, the, that is the biggest difference. The other difference is academically, um, the students in Division Three are much more intense and much more serious about the pursuit of their education. They come in uh, with their goals already stated, uh, particularly here in, in, in the sciences, computer science and engineering, very focused. And so the balance between that strong academic uh, focus um, and, and robustness and then the athletic piece to balance that uh, was always our challenge. And we did it very well, as I said, we had a lot of success. Uh, we had a little less success when Ithaca came into the Liberty League because they're also very competitive and very good. But uh, I, I think our kids and our coaches will tell you uh, we really, really did a good job with the stringent academics and then the ability to compete athletically. But that's a big difference. The, the academic emphasis is just really, really uh, very, very robust. Well, let's talk about the uh, COVID-19 situation you had to navigate through the pandemic during the 2020-21 academic year. The school canceled the sports seasons. Looking back on that, how difficult was it to cancel the sports seasons uh, that academic year? It was, uh, God, I can remember, you mentioned 2021, where, as you will recall, Harvard, um, we were scheduled to play them in February. They, the Ivies, you know, uh, said that we're not going to play. So then, uh, on a technical standpoint, um, RPI had advanced to Lake Placid. And, you know, we we thought we were going to move it in. We decided, uh, the university, uh, Dr. Jackson decided that we were going to shut down. So it was, uh, again, a shocker. I mean, I can, it's very vivid to me, the young people crying and parents very upset. A uh, lot of things going on and all moving at the same time. At the same uh, time, uh, Ken, I was president of the Athletic Directors Council uh, for 2021 and 2122. So I got to, you know, literally to be at, at the end of the line in terms of what was going on, how people were dealing with it, how they were responding, because you had 12 different people uh, looking at it uh, in terms of how they managed it and how they navigated it. So a very unique experience, one I'll never forget um, as long as I live. Uh, and uh, it, it was complicated. And as you know, um, and the fact that when it, we started to return to play and we didn't allow external fans, that created another very controversial um, scene that, 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 that we had to navigate. So with the pandemic itself, and as you indicated, shutting down the seasons, not being able to work out, not being able to utilize the facilities was extremely complicated and, and hurtful for a lot of families and a lot of our students and staff. Yeah, you mentioned sports returning the following year. That leads me to my next question. Yeah, the attendance was limited to RPI students, staff, and faculty. No one from the outside, uh, outside of campus was allowed to attend. What led to that decision, and are, are there any regrets with that decision? Because I know a lot of people are very upset about that. Yeah, oh, God, no. I, 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 what led to it was the university based on, uh, remember, we were the only one of the few uh, institutions in the country that tested internally that did not have a medical school. So we had our own internal uh, testing and 
a research mechanism uh, to deal with COVID and to deal with the infections and, and so forth and to deal with the protocols both locally, regionally, and nationally. So when we made that call, uh, uh, the university made that decision based on research, based on protocol, and based on policies. The thing that made it uh, more complicated was that we were the only university in the country uh, that put in that practice. So if you, I'm sure you have, you go back and you look at uh, the ECAC, you look at the Liberty League, everyone else um, had allowed external fans to attend games, except for now. You had a protocol, you had to have your mask, you had to have proof of vaccination and so forth. Uh, but we were the only ones that would only allow our campus uh, constituents and our students uh, and no external fans. And of course, when parents were calling me, sending me emails and saying, I can go to Hobart, I can go to Harvard and watch my son or daughter play, but I can't go to RPI and watch my son or daughter play. I think it's wrong. I think uh, you guys have made a poor decision. So we had over 400 um, emails and letters come through uh, the university and, and the chair of the board, Arthur Golden and myself. We answered every one of them. We took every call. And what that did, Ken, it, you know, it didn't reduce the angst uh, and the disappointment, but at least uh, they found uh, someone that they could talk to, share their views, uh, which obviously they were very upset about as we move forward. But it was an extremely complicated issue. Besides dealing with the pandemic, what was the most difficult decision you had to make at R- as RPI's athletic, di- athletic director? Well, whenever you have to make personnel decisions, and you know, we made one in uh, in men's hockey, and we made one in women's hockey. Those are always complicated. It's always I, I said to many people. People ask me, you know, what is the toughest thing you've had to do in your career? Uh, one is when you have to make a personnel to take personal action, and the other is if you have to drop a sport. Uh, thank God I, I hadn't had to do that in a long time since I was at the University of Houston. But um, it, yeah, those are those are tough things because it impacts people's lives, uh, and, and it impacts multiple lives. So that's always you know always a very tough thing. And then the, the next toughest thing, as you indicated, um, is is talking with parents when they can't uh, come to see their kid uh, compete. Uh, and as you know, the college athletes, uh, my gosh, since they were little children, six, seven, eight, nine years old, their families have been a centerpiece of their experience. And then for that not to be allowed on the campus was, was extremely difficult. Um, the other things, uh, you know, relatively routine. I mean, it's been, for me, 38 years of excitement, enjoyment, and the opportunity to have my life impacted by a lot of very, very, very uh, competent and successful people. So, um, yeah, that's how I would categorize it. How has the athletic director's job changed over the years? Well, <laughs> I could spend a week with you on that one, but I'll, I'll, I'll start out with three. NIL, uh, the transfer portal, um, and social media. Um, I can remember, again, I started, I was hired by 
Cedric Dempsey uh, in 1982. He was athletic director at the University of Houston and happens to be my mentor um, as assistant athletic director for student services. And my job was to make sure that the students, when they came to the university, succeeded academically. And after they left the university, that they had a viable path to be successful. And I loved it. And I was there for um, seven years and, and rose to be the number two person there before I went to Sacramento State for my first AD job. And so, you know, you pretty much knew you were going to have kids for four or five years. You were going to have an impact on their lives. You were going to uh, work closely with their families to help them reach their goals. Today, when you look at the transfer portal, you can have someone for a semester, you can have someone for a year, maybe two years, maybe three, and they will come in and tell you, I'm moving on to get a better opportunity at another institution. And oh, I get to play right away. And so here you are, you've planned, you've invested, uh, you've put a lot of energy and effort in a, in a young person, and they decide to leave. The NIL, we know that's a totally different issue. Uh, now that young people can be compensated, and there are no guardrails. You know, the young lady from LSU, I was reading the other day, made a little under $900,000. Now, the average salary in the WNBA is eighty grand. So that's what the, NL, uh, what the NIL has done. It has really made the playing field unlevel. And then, as I said, the transfer portal is another difficult entity in our business. And finally, social media. I mean, the number of people, and I say to our kids all the time, look, uh, the, the social media is changing so quickly, I, I don't even understand where it's going. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. But these kids are, have so many options. And one, uh, one submit, one post can alter their lives and, and alter the life of a university. Um, and so those are the things that you didn't have to manage just five, ten years ago that an athletic director has to manage now and manage well. And then what makes it even more complicated, they have to manage it with the rest of the university. And so, for example, if someone posts something that has a negative tone toward um, a, an individual person or a group of people, as we've had done here, um, you know, the legal counsel is involved, the, the chair of the board is involved, the entire university is involved, and we've got to resolve it. And, oh, yeah, you've got to resolve it quickly. You don't have time to put the committee together and talk about the options. You've got to make a decision and do it right away. So those are the things that, you know, with the budget stuff and, uh, you know, what's going to happen with um, the, 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 the Power Five conferences and those kind of things, those to me are, are not major issues because they're driven by the market. As long as television and money is there and the SEC and the Big Ten and the other driving forces can continue to get their billions of dollars, that's never going to change. The rest of us, and that's everybody else, uh, we have a great product. There's nothing else like college athletics. I mean, I'm a former student athlete myself. There's nothing like it that you can bring to the table, have success, and really, really have a positive path in the university. Well, you spent 14 years at UAlbany as its athletic director. What memories do you have of your time there? Uh, boy, I have so many. Uh, the best one was 2006 uh, when we played UConn in men's basketball in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And the reason, Ken, that that was so significant is 
I was hired in 2000, I said to the board and I said to my boss at the time, Karen Hitchcock, uh, you want to go Division One? You're not ready to go Division One uh, because when they hired me, we were not in a conference. We uh, had probably the worst facilities in Division One, and we had only three full-time assistant coaches. So at the end of the uh, my first year, I went in to her and I said, "Look, you have to make a decision." Either you're going to invest in the program and I'm going to stay or you're not going to invest in the program and you're going to get a new athletic director. There's no way we can be Division One the way we're structured now. So she asked for a plan and it was very simple. I said, um, one, invest in people. Two, invest in, in the programs and, and with resources. And three, invest in facilities. And we did all of those things. And so now you've got Casey Stadium and um, you've got uh, the lacrosse facility and you've got the field house facility and you've got a new track and on and on. We had none of that in 2000. And oh, by the way, uh, during my 14 years there, we won over 80 uh, conference championships and went over and went to 40 in CAA postseason. So that to me was very special because it was kind uh, like a child uh, coming into the world and, and you get to shape them and see them develop, see them have success. Um, and it was, it was just a wonderful thing uh, to be a part of. So there's so many uh, memories there. And Scott Marr, who was the first coach that I hired when I came in, had just done a magnificent job. And I remember after the interview and I offered him the job, and he came in, he said, I, I want to tell you something. With all due respect to all of your sports, men's lacrosse has a chance to win a national championship at Albany. And, you know, remember, we didn't even have a facility to play. As a matter of fact, we were using RPI uh, as a rental for home games. And I just kind of shrugged it off. And he almost pulled it off. <laughs> uh, he went to the Final Four. But those things, yeah, you know, you never forget. Yeah. What advice would you give your successor at RPI? Um, you know, that's a, boy, you asked me, that's why you're such an experienced journalist. Um, so, in 38 years, I've worked for 14 presidents. So, Marjorie Smith is the 14th president that I've worked for during my tenure in this business. One of the things that uh, I say to every AD, and I particularly say with my successor, is make sure your president is informed. That's number one. Number two, make sure that you align the athletic program uh, with the rest of the university. That's why I really enjoyed my time in the cabinet uh, at RPI, because I could talk with the deans and the vice presidents and the people in advancement about who we are, where we're going, and what we're doing. And, and, and that's really important. And during the most important, transparency. I've always said to our staff, um, you want to operate and conduct your um, procedures and your activities and your policies every day as if if it came on the front page of the New York Times, you would be smiling and not crying. And, and that's the way you have to operate, very open, very transparent. My door and, and Kevin and, and other people will tell you this, the athletes will tell you this, if they need to see me as busy as I am, 
uh, my assistant will find time to get them in. Because I know when they want to see me, it's, it's usually not a, not to give me candy or, or, or to, to bring me coffee. So that's number one. Number two, it usually involves something that that's quite serious. So those are the things that that can that, that I would just say to my successor. Because well, you will not be successful in this business if the president and the board and the athletic director are not all are not on the same page. If they're all on the same page, you got a chance to be very very good what are your retirement plans um i'm very involved in um in nonprofits uh in higher ed so i sit on the board of st rose and have for 15 years um and i'm also involved as an advisor to uh, the national association of college athletic directors um and i'm on the board of the national uh sports academy um in daphne alabama so uh, those things will keep me very busy. Um, and as I said, and, and starting July 1st, I uh, will have reactivated uh, again my uh, consulting company. So um, I have to stay busy. I have a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of good things. And we're going to stay in the capital region. My wife's all of her doctors, are, she's in the airline business, so she's very flexible. Um, and we, we've really enjoyed it. And we've been here 23 years. So, um, you know, this is this has been been our home and we've enjoyed it and our friends and I'll see you at a lot of hockey games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, starting the first Saturday in October with that exhibition game against the Union, so that'll be a lot of fun. So and, and I think yeah, Dave has put together, as you saw, a really interesting schedule. I mean, boy, is it tough number one. Uh, and then he's got uh, nine new people coming in. Uh, and that's the other thing, you know, we talked about the portal. Um, and the Ivis don't deal with it as much as the non-Ivis in ACAC. But every year you're looking almost like a rebuild. Um, and that's not easy in any sport. So Dave is a good teacher, and um, like I said, he's a he's a hockey lifer. He'll find a way to to, to make the team uh, competitive and make it better, and, and get them the Lake Placid. Well, let me ask you about that one as we wrap this up here. Um, you know, last year there was seemed like there was consternation. Maybe it was just from the fans and all that stuff, but the contract issue, situation with Dave uh, was resolved in August. And it seemed like in talking with you, you know, as we're leading up to that the whole situation, you said everything was going well, everything's going well. But you're looking back, was was that whole handled, everything handled? You, did, is there any regrets of how that was whole handled? handled? You know, uh, you remember what I said earlier, and, 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 and it's really important. When you're dealing with a personal situation, it, it, if it were just me, uh, that would be simple because you could point right to me and say, Lee, what the hell are you doing? You know, what's taking you so long? But when you deal with a, a head coach, you're dealing with the trustees and you're dealing with the administration. So there are multiple people involved. And whenever you have that, uh, before you can get the deal done, again, everyone has to be aligned and on the same page. And again, that's what makes it complicated. There's a lot of information back and forth, uh, a lot of perspective on where things should be headed and where you're going and, and what the vision and what the goals are. Um, and then once they're aligned, you can make the offer. So when Marty came in, um, we sat down and I told him what what I thought we should do and he said let's get it done 
So, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it may appear as though there was some consternation, but uh, with Dave and I, because remember, I hired Dave mm-hmm. after we decided to go in, in a different direction uh, when Seth left. Uh, to do two things, you know, obviously to win, but also to really build a culture where when young people left, they really felt that they had uh, encountered a special experience, and he's done that. Well, Lee, I do appreciate a few minutes. Uh, good luck in retirement. It's been great knowing you over these uh, last few years, and uh, enjoy. Thank you again. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed working with you. You've always been a straight shooter, no matter what the topic is, how complicated it is, and I very much respect that. So I'll see you around town, Ken, and thanks for the opportunity to chat with you for a few minutes. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Take the Daily Gazette, the local voice of the Capital Region, along with you wherever you go. Want to win an Apple iPad? Download the app at either the Apple App Store or Google Play and enter the contest inside the app to win. Don't wait. The contest ends July 31st at midnight. The winner will be notified by the email used to enter the contest. Good luck. Hi, this is ECAC Hockey Commissioner and Union Hockey alum, Doug Christensen. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Shaw. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 17 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest was Lynn Dobryko of Albany with 55 points. Lynn wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Lynn. The VIP winners were Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment and Jerry Peel of Frankensons with 35 points each. I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name. And that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots Podcast. I want to thank Will Brown and Lee McElroy for coming on the show. I'm taking next week off, so I won't have a podcast. I'll be back the following week. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Daily Gazette Company. Parting Shots Podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast Studio, it's Connected New York. Good day, good sports.